What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Hungry for Hockey Talk podcast, episode 24. We have a very special guest with us today. Um, we had her on earlier, a couple months ago, and she's been gracious, gracious enough to uh, come back on and talk hockey with us. Um, we've got our usual co-hosts, Johnny B, John Boron, and the Stir Daddy Sterling. How are you guys doing? Hey, man. Pretty good. Good. We ready to get into some hockey talk? Yeah, uh, man. Go. Pretty pumped. Do it. Okay. It. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, we got the wonderful and fabulous Isles Girl 3, Kim Moisa, on the pod. How are you doing today, girl? Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you so much for having me again. This is so much fun for me. We're glad that you have fun with us because we're very happy to have you on the podcast. Um, how have you been since uh, we've talked to you last? Uh, I've been fantastic. You know, even with the Islander season ending, it's been a fantastic season for me as a fan. I think every other fan can agree with me. And it just is going to go uphill from here. And ho- I hope a lot of teams had good season this year, especially with how the playoffs went and the wild card races and everything to that effect. So I'm excited to talk. Awesome. Yeah, we're we're pretty stoked too. So let's just, yeah, let's just get right into it. What do you think went wrong in that series? <laughs> we pull out the dagger first. <laughs> <What went wrong? laughs> I was about to say, damn, that's the first question. All right. Uh, <laughs> little jagged, but what went wrong? Um, offense, uh, obviously. Uh, we said that was a problem ever since before even the trade deadline. One, mm-hmm. uh, our problem of not being able to produce pucks into the net. We're great in the back. We're great at not letting pucks into the net, which obviously helped us, I believe, in you know, like our win status and our 103 points. But obviously, it was the lack of production up front, and we have no legitimate, like as we said, sniper. You know, you look at every team, and they have that one player who can you could just always rely on. We don't have that anymore. That player was usually Tavares for us. I'm not going to lie about it. Who? Tavares. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. Is he good? I don't know. I've never heard of the guy. That, you love twisting that knife. <laughs> no, he's a scrub, I think. He's so. <laughs> but, uh, you he's know, just the second, second line center. Yeah, that's his problem. Overpaid. Overpaid. Can't lie about that. But uh, we have no player up front, you know, and a big production was from him and how he helped other players, you know, as much as I love Lee and things like that. You know, Barzell, he's a great player on our team, but he's mostly a playmaker. If you look at his points, they were up top and assists, things like that. You know, he could get a goal in here or there, but we just didn't have that one person he could connect with usually to score those goals. And we just needed that sniper. Obviously, Lou didn't make a trade at the deadline, which I'm not mad about, believe it or not um because i feel like he can make big big moves this offseason rather than trading away our future players and kids to get just that one season run mm-hmm. that's basically the joust of it is just could not score offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah just not scoring we just couldn't get the puck in the net and it doesn't really help when the officials take away three to five <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too no they've been uh. good Oh, yeah, they've been amazing. Right, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that a little later. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, the the power play, we already talked about that oh, even the last time you were on, was atrocious. Uh-huh, 100%. Just absolutely atrocious. They yep. couldn't get anything going. I talked about this so much on mine. It's, you know, special teams. Uh, one thing I found interesting take that I was talking to uh, a great guy. He talks for uh, Sports Talk 1240. He talks with a great friend of mine, Gary. Uh, Paul Kreischer was talking about uh, our power play uh, goals and our power play in general. And he said, you know, it's not mostly Scott Gomez, but it's just that with the no sniper, with that one guy who just can't, you know, like what, look at the power plays that are effective and it's teams that have Kucherov or Ovechkin and they always have them out in that power play where you just pass it to them and it's one time snipe into the net. And he's like, since we don't have that, our power play just isn't as effective. And I thought that was interesting. I never really thought about it that way, but we don't really have that guy who can drive it into net and then our power play won't be effective. Besides the point of that, also, it doesn't help when we're just passing back and forth and just not mm-hmm. ripping shots into the net. You need to shoot to score. 
we don't do that. We pass him back and forth, and there's a lot of hesitation, I feel, on the offensive side, which also is not helping us score goals. I was watching the other night of the of Boston play, you know, Carolina, and I thought it was amazing. Every time Boston scored a goal, it was a pass and a one-timer shot and just perfectly into the net. And we don't do that. We When we pass it, we hesitate and then try to shoot it. No, just pass, shot, no hesitation, one timer into the net, and that's what it's going to score you your goals. Just no hesitation, just shoot. Yeah, that that really is one of the biggest difference makers between like top level teams and the rest of the playoff teams. I guess it's you so you definitely do have that trigger man that even if he doesn't score on that play, you get a rebound and you try to bury that puck, um, and that's how you can get goals as well. And you get into the defender's head too, no, like knowing that you have that that weapon. Yes. Like, then you 100%. you pull you pull people away, and then it gives other opportunities for for scoring down low or other options, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, it's 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 weird that way, right? Because you guys definitely do have a trigger man. Barzil needs to shoot more. Barzil um, needs to shoot more, in my opinion. But he's yeah, more the he's not a slap shot man, though, is he? He's he when he rips a slap shot. Go look at the uh, first time we played the Toronto Maple Leafs, where he got that natural hat trick. He ripped those slap yeah. shots. Go to our game in January versus the Ottawa Senators. He scored two goals that game with a pure beauty that he just slap shotted to the opposite corner. I was there. I saw it. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but like he can do it. I don't know why he hesitates so much. Mm-hmm. It's just that pass first mentality. He's just got to get rid of that um, and be a little more selfish because he he has the, the kid's got some silky smooth hands along with uh, an amazing shot, uh, an amazing accurate shot. And, you know, the the point guys, Nick Letty and Ryan Pulak, they have huge hammering boomers of shots and they need to get those Don't funneling at the Boychuk net. There too. Don't discount Boychuk. But yeah, and boy, Chuck. Yeah, <laughs> don't discount him, baby. Woo. Oh, I, I, I believe that. Yeah, him going down was that was, was a, a that, I'm gonna say with the what went wrong in that series. We didn't have Johnny Boychuck. If you mm-hmm. talk to how many players, and just uh, as a fan who sees them, sees him play on the ice. How many times, you know, you do, you do a reset behind the net, you know, Johnny gets the puck behind the net, just lets the team, like, change or reset. And how many times I see him, he's yelling at all the players, he's directing the play to go up. He's the one who's, like, basically in charge of the ice. And when you miss that, when you miss that leadership out there, it's really detrimental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that guy's definitely been around for a while, and he knows how to win. Oh, and when you, whenever you lose, <laughs> yeah, 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 there's that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, whenever you lose a veteran presence like that, um, it's a huge blow because he, he was definitely a captain on the ice. Robin Leonard said it in an interview of how much he helped him on the ice as well. You know, mm-hmm. you're hurting your goaltender, you're hurting your defense. And that was the biggest part of our game. Mm-hmm. Um, Sterling, John, do you guys have anything else to add? Yeah, I was going to ask you. Who of the free agents would you be most happy to keep, and who would you be like most okay to lose out of all of them? Because okay, you just yeah. mentioned that you needed a lot of scoring, but also Robin Leonard's on that list, and I know you've gotten a new jersey from wasn't your grandma or something? Yes, Hashtag I did. Grandma's rule. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what are your list thoughts on the UFAs? Should we uh, list off all the UFAs that that are coming up? Because oh, you guys have a whack of them. <laughs> I know. We got to like <laughs> our whole team because it's just those one-year deals. But I understand why they happen. I mean, to focus on <laughs> who we want to resign first. Lou's already come out and made a statement that, and I agree 100% with him, of who we want to sign first is Anders Lee and Robin Leonard. And mm-hmm. those are my top two for me, too, at, at least. Because as much as Anders Lee, you know, I feel like he didn't produce as much as he could. He, I think he was our top goal scorer on the team. I have to recheck that, but he definitely was a presence there. And he, I thought he was a great captain this season. I do see us re-signing him. And Robin Leonard, if we don't re-sign Robin Leonard, that will be the biggest upset to me this offseason. Because he proved to him, like, the whole entire team that he's a starting goalie for the Islanders, that he is, 
these spectacular saves he did. Just the way he could, you know, it really shows how, you know, he you could whip your life around from the bottom to all the way to really the top. You know, no one gave him a chance, and I think a lot of people are kicking themselves that they didn't. Because look at where he brought us. And, you know, a big problem for us was goaltending because we had the team that had um, most goals against last year. And then this year, Trots, you know, it's a, it's a combination of Trots, it's a combination of Leonard, and it's a combination of our goalie uh, coaches, which is Mitch Korn, oh my God, and Pierre mm-hmm. Grino, which is two amazing goaltending coaches. And we went to Lee scored in like one year, which I can't believe that is even that even happened. But that will be the biggest upset to me is if we don't re-sign Robin Leonard. He, I really want him to stay an Islander, but I'll follow him wherever he goes. You know, I'll wear that. I'll wear that jersey regardless if he stays or not. Um, from the other UFAs, uh, we have so many UFAs. Oh my gosh! There's um, Eberle and Eberle, Nelson, Nelson uh, Philpla, uh, Komarov, Kunakel. Uh, Kunakel. Uh, there's a lot. Alcohol and Beauvillier are RFAs. Don't yeah. forget Seidenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Don't even. <laughs> play? I don't remember. Too bad Andrew Ladd isn't one of those. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Garth Snow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, basically, with uh, Eberle, let's start with Eberle and Nelson. Um, a guy with Everly, I really would like to re-sign him. Uh, if you saw it in the playoffs, he just has the best chemistry with Barzell. When we had mm-hmm. the Matthew Barzell, Anthony Beauvillier, Everly line, it worked. It worked really well. When you had that line with when we had Tavares on the team, their line, just their line, just scored more points in total than every individual player on our first line combined last year when it comes down to Barzell and Everly they have such great chemistry and that was so shown in the playoffs in the first round with how many goals Everly scored and you saw that Matt Barzell was the assist for every single one of those it just it works and I, I so it's like I really would hate to see Everly go with what chemistry he has with Matthew Barzell because mm-hmm. uh, that because it, it's not just the the Matt Barzell show there, there I can see with that chemistry, it's more of a team effort. It's more of a line effort because I hate to see us go back to that one man show. Like we have with Tavares um, with Nelson, as much as I love him, I would love to see him to probably, you know, trade him in the off season, just get something for him, maybe in the draft or like uh, for a draft. I don't know what we'd get for Nelson, but I don't know about re-signing him with the cap and what we want to get from our forwards. I love Nelson. I love the Pilgrim. <laughs> I would be really sad to leave the Pilgrim jiff uh, behind. But uh, I don't know about re-signing him. That's up in the air for me. Uh, with uh, Philpla. Philpla surprised me this season. I was actually really surprised with how much I liked Philpla out there. Mm. Uh, he, you want to talk about like silky mitts? Oh my <laughs> gosh! Did you see some of the plays this guy did? Especially in the playoffs, there was this one uh, game versus the Penguins where he was in front of the net. He did like this like neat little toe drag, held it. He held it for like a good three seconds and then shot it off of that, and it almost went in. And I was like, damn! <laughs> <laughs> I loved watching him play. He had that terrific goal. Versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. He went through three defenders and scored. Like, it was insane. Uh, he, I loved him on the team. Do I see us resigning him? Probably not. Uh, which kills me because I felt like he was such a great forward. And I felt like he helped with depth. But um, we're focusing really on just getting those uh, power key forwards. Rather than just like, you know, out with the old and with the new. I think kind of aspect at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Phil, Phil was thirty-five at this point. Yeah, he, yeah. he's a little boy, but he's. <laughs> let me tell you, he's still kicking like Yager, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he's got thirty-one points. He got thirty-one points in seventy-two games. Exactly. Um, seventeen goals, fourteen assists. That's pretty good for a third, fourth liner. I was about to say, and that's what I was saying about that depth. He really, you know, helped us there. 
especially mm-hmm. when you're on a line with people like Uncle Leo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, Uncle Leo, I don't see as resigning. As much as I loved him and I love to say Uncle Leo, he is stone hands uh, <laughs> freaking Komarov. Uh, mm. You know, I wish I could have seen more for him. He was definitely a presence, and I know why Lou signed him. He was that veteran presence. But on the ice, it kind of hurt to see him sometimes. Like, he missed wide-open nets. Yeah. He, he scored in the playoffs, which I burst out laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and went, oh, my God, this boy just scored. But uh, I really, as much as I love to, to see him on the ice, I thank him for playing for the Islanders. I don't see us re-signing him. I got bad news, Kim. Komarov's signed for another three years. Yeah, totally. At three million, (laughs) and he's got a move. No movement. He's got a modified no trade clause. So it's going to be. I don't know why Lou signed him to that. But oh my god! Oh my god! You're right. I thought you were wrong. I was like about to cut you down, but you're right. (laughs) Just no. Three three year three million left. Yeah. So, oh man, da- Grant, you're just pulling out the daggers this morning. I'm really sorry about this. <laughs> it was cool, but yeah, like with Leo Komarov, it's you know he's there for the presence, and I get that. He's got to raise the young, the young ones up. He's plus eighteen. And- That's good news. <laughs> plus eighteen. Yeah, he's not a terrible player. He's not he horrible. Just- I'm not saying he's yeah. horrible, but uh, yeah. there's sometimes where I'm like, there's no Andrew Ladd. Oh jeez! Oh jeez! Uh, urinating tree with that made me laugh so hard. Where he's like, "Hopefully he's not around for a long time." Seven years. <laughs> I was like, "Oh jeez!" Oh, I'm wondering, still got, like four years, I think. I'm, I'm wondering yeah. when uh, Jordan Everly started playing with Matt Barzell because looking at Everly's points this this season, mm-hmm. he only had 19 goals and 37 points, but like mm-hmm. he. he lit it up in the playoffs so mm-hmm. well to be honest he jordan everly wasn't re- uh on a line with matthew barzell this past season okay. they actually yeah. split that up which i was really kind of upset about you know matthew barzell was up in that first line usually with uh it started off with uh matthew barzell anthony bovillier and josh bailey and then yeah. um it kind of moved around a lot but then he was kind of with anders lee up front uh in that line i think it was josh bailey anders lee and uh Matthew Barzell, and then uh, Josh Bailey moved around, and I think it was like Nelson up with him. But um, yeah, they didn't really connect Barzell with Everly until the playoffs, until like the end of the season, I'd say playoffs. And you can mm-hmm. see what magic that made. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> My God. I'm wondering if Trotz did that because um, he wanted to hide Everly's defensive game a little bit. Because I think he, well, we all know Trotz is a defensively minded coach. Yes. And I'm wondering if he's trying to turn um, Barzell into kind of like a Nick Backstrom. Okay. So I'm wondering if if that's the reason why he left Eberle off the off his wing during the season. Because I don't I don't think Eberle's defensive game is is particularly strong suit it's not it's it's not so um i'm wondering if that could have been the reason why he didn't put them together i can see your point um, there i don't know i just feel like uh i'm not saying anything against trots but if you see like mm-hmm. how we were struggling offensively you think he would have changed it back which i think he did towards the end of the season i think he started playing them together like getting them just on like that off shift where they were just kind of on the same line at one point Mm-hmm. But um, no, I I don't know why he didn't connect them more. I don't know if he was. I like the point of like maybe like turning it into like a backstrom situation, but I don't know. I don't know why he didn't do that. I don't know uh, why he didn't connect them early. I'm just glad to say he connected them in the playoffs, and it just paid off. Yeah, for sure. You okay. For the team. <laughs> and don't even so with the I just friends. want to see Jordan Everly do well. That's all. Me too. Me too. I <laughs> yeah. love Jordan Everly. That's that's him. Anders Lee and Leonard are the three re-signs I want to see. Those are the three mm-hmm. re-signs that I'm really looking forward to, and hopefully that we see. And um, with the draft, uh, just the Metropolitan Division is going to be insane next year. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the whole East Conference, is especially nice. depending where Panarin goes, and Bobrovsky. Yes. Yeah. Florida, they're going to Florida. 
I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this now. Like, you know, the Devils and Rangers are gonna, you know, definitely draft those uh, guys, either Kako or Hughes, for both of them. And um, Kako. <laughs> and uh, it's so fun to say. I was about to say you probably love saying that name, huh? <laughs> it's like how I like saying Buka Boom. <laughs> Everyone has that name; they love to say. Yeah. <laughs> but a, a player doesn't make a team. So let's see how that works out. Yeah, that's right. We saw that, you know, as much as we had Tavares, it, it didn't make the team. You know, you need a team behind a player. So they're going to get those big boys, but let's see how they develop underneath. Yeah. Yeah, those teams, what a what a friggin', what luck by the by the New Jersey Devils. Oh, what? Oh, geez. Two first round picks in the last that. three years. Yeah. I can't believe they're Ridiculous. again. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And of course, it's too much for all the teams. It's like, why? <laughs> why New Jersey? Why? Why <laughs> the freaking Rangers? Why? <laughs> why? Yeah, it's. Um, we'll see if they can do anything with it. But I mean, you're getting two uh, highly regarded, highly touted prospects. Um, oh, I'm I'm so happy about, it. especially like uh, we got on the wings. We got Wallstrom, Dobson, Bold Wild. These are guys that I'm really going to be excited to see. You know, hopefully come up in the future. Hmm. Oh yes. So here's another thing: is the more free agents you bring back, the less playing time you'll have for said um, prospects like Wallstrom and even Hosang, Michael oh. Dalcole that we talked about last time. <laughs> yes. So realistically, how much would you want Everly back for? Because I personally would be very hesitant to offer him anything more than the six mil that he made this past year. No, I agree. I agree. I think you could probably argue for less. Yeah, right? Like looking at the past seasons. He's in the fives now. Yeah, I would would hopefully go for him for at least five, which I know he's not going to be excited about, but... Mm -hmm. um, him and Leonard should be around the five range, in my opinion. Um, with Lee, uh, <laughs> he wanted like seven, eight, and I'm like over here, like, yeah. no. <laughs> I was there were some games he pissed me off, and I, I would scream. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, show us Lee that you want that seven or eight mil because you're really showing it right now. Like, <laughs> I, I, I get some laughs out in the concourse, but. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know with Lee. Lee, like, fluctuated for me. But uh, Lee, like, I don't know why he wanted that much. I'm, I'm thinking around five to six. If we're like, if it's going like, because uh, going with Lou, I've never seen a player that's not been overpaid. But uh, if we can get him somewhere down in that range, I'd be happy. But yeah. you know, like uh, seven or eight mil. My God, if he's asking for that much, I don't know if we can resign him at that point. He scored forty goals last year. Last year, I think uh, that was yeah. yeah. With <laughs> I think Tavares. that's kind of and with Tavares and Barzil. Exactly. Too. Yeah, he had yeah. that, you know, he, he had that boost. And I'm not gonna lie about it, you know, he had the help around him. And you know, as much as Tavares is a snake, I'm gonna say it out loud. Tavares is a snake. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a great player. I'm not gonna take anything away from the guy. He's just a not a loyal son of a bitch. But he, oh. look at him in Toronto. He was like their top goal scorer in Toronto. You know, he knows how to get pucks into the net. You know, obviously he had Mitch Marner on his wing, but (laughs) it's the same here. You know, Lee scored that many goals because he had John Tavares on his wing. You know what I mean? It's like that's that's where that came from. So, if you know, he tries to argue that. But this season he had to show who he was without that and had to show how Mm -hmm. he was as an individual player and leader. And obviously he wasn't at the same point range. Yeah. Regardless, he's still like a 50, 60 point player max. So I don't, I don't know how, I don't know how he could justify getting over seven or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's just hopefully, you know, Lou's, that's where I'm glad we have Lou in the office and not freaking Garth Snow. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, I know, is, is the guy who will go, this is how much we're going to offer you, take it or leave it. You know, he's yeah. not the guy yeah. to say, oh, okay, maybe I'll negotiate here or negotiate there. No. Lou's the kind of guy who's saying, this is what it's going to be. Now you talk with me. Yeah. And that, mm-hmm. that's what that's what you need. And that's what I was saying about the trade deadline is that, um, 
you know, we didn't make any moves, but possibly because, you know, Lou said he didn't want to give up any of our prospects, which is obviously what they asked for. And, you know, Lou put down a, probably a deal and he said, this is all you're going to get, take it or leave it. And they're like, they probably, you know, they have the right to say no. And they, you know, look how much they got from other teams for people like Mark Stone. And for me, that would have been too much. You know, we're still kind of like, like as little as it is, we're still kind of building up mm-hmm. the team. We're not at the point mm-hmm. where we were going towards a cup run. It, it was kind of just, uh, I called in my periscopes. I said, uh, I think we'll get it to second round. I think that's my top. That was, that was my goal for this year. And we did it. So I'm pretty ecstatic about that. I didn't expect us to go to the Stanley cup final. So yeah. I was pretty ecstatic. Like when we ha- when you have a team like Boston, that's the team I want the Islanders to become. As much as people, you know, hate on Boston, if you look at their play, if you look at their play style, the way they connect, they're passing their shots, the way that they're just so cohesive and they know where each other is on the ice, no matter what line, it's something that I want the Islanders to become. Because to me right now, they're looking at, as much as people hate to say it, they're looking like the Stanley Cup team to me right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is a heavy favorite. I hate yeah. saying that, but... <laughs> <laughs> They, they were look, they looked great. Yeah, yeah, they're they're they've just shown all playoffs how how great that top line of Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron. I love Pasternak, um, <laughs> and the rest of their lineup too is just very deep. And um, Marcus Johansson was like the perfect pickup for them. Oh, yeah, in, on the trade deadline, him and Coil together. Yeah, and Coyle. Yeah. Charlie Coyle. <laughs> you got Charlie over there. Um, so yeah, they're they're looking they're looking like a tough a tough team to beat. But um here's something that I heard that would be hilarious and I think that you personally would love, um, Kim, is I'm hearing well, I'm not hearing rumblings, it's just um what I've been reading up on um what teams could do. And as a, we all know the situation with um, Toronto's cap space. Yeah. Uh, they've got <laughs> pending free agents, uh, RFAs, Mitch Marner, Andreas Janssen, Kasperi Kapanen. Um, some people, like some of the sports writers are saying that uh, the Islanders are pretty primed to make an offer oh, on gosh. any one of those players. Yes. And so not only would that help you guys, obviously, but it would also kind of just be like a, a bit of revenge from Lou Lamorello for um, <laughs> kind of getting a little bit back. So out of the three, who realistically would you want? Like, would, would you want to see Lamorello sign, um, attempt to sign Mitch Marner for however much and give up four first rounders or... Would you rather him go after a Kapanen or a or a Janssen? Oh boy, it's that's been up in the air too around like Islanders media and things like that. About um, the biggest name that I've been hearing has been Mitch Marner, which to me I would love to be. Uh, to me, I, I feel like all of them. I would love to have Mitch Marner out of all of them. Just the uh, the way he like the how he plays and uh, just he's an incredible forward that I've always admired. Uh, up in Toronto, like forwards I admire in Toronto are definitely like Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews. Like I absolutely adore those guys. And so, um, I don't, I don't know if Lou will give the offer sheet for Marner. I don't know, but you know, obviously, you know, (laughs) Toronto's in cap hell. And so is the Tampa Bay lightning. If I recall correctly, uh, Braden point, get him. But, um, I think uh, if we do offer the offer sheet to Mitch Marner, I, I won't be upset about it. I'll tell you that. Like, I think it would be a great – I think it would be a really cool move, I uh, especially to get some talent like Mitch Marner up there. To give some draft picks away, I don't think I'd be upset about that uh, because I think we have, like, a solid prospect core and especially mm-hmm. who we have underneath. But – um. I know Lou is going to be like they with what I've been talking with people about Lou is going to make his biggest I think moves during the draft. So yeah. we'll we'll definitely see there but um I wouldn't be upset if he offered the offer sheet to Marner I'm going to say it now cuz that would be amazing and especially since uh people like 
Panarin and things like that with Bobrovsky, which I think are going to be a package deal. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I, I I've heard Panarin's like uh, like the biggest ones he's thinking of going to are obviously Florida or the New Jersey uh, the New Jersey yeah the New York Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> you just got you just got a whole bunch of New Jersey fans excited right there. <laughs> what? No. Us? <laughs> oh, top of the tongue. New York Rangers. I know uh, my boyfriend's a Rangers fan. He's super excited about hopefully having Panarin on his team. And uh, I think the Rangers have been uh, grabbing some uh, Russians. To make it more like uh, the homeland over there, because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Bushnevich is still there. Yeah, um, they have a they had a bunch of Russians to begin with, but then they they've been signing these guys from the KHL, mm-hmm. and so I, I don't know if it's a uh, trying to make it su- a sweeter sign for Panarin. Yeah, uh, but definitely gonna make him feel more at home. And Panarin's come out saying he wants to enjoy city life, so I'm like, okay. yeah. So I'm like, oh boy. There's no bigger city. Yeah. Yeah. I heard I heard that one of his top things is that he wants a city with a larger Russian community. Yeah. So New York probably has the best um opportunity to offer that. I don't know what the Russian community is like in Sunrise, Florida. Um, <laughs> but uh it's not it's apparently not too far from, from Miami. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the Russian community is like in Miami either. I don't think they're. I mean, really known for it. I mean, Florida has um, all our retirees from New York, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And there's no tax down Maybe there. It's the old Russian. The laws are backwards. The laws are backwards down the there. But, um, <laughs> I mean, come on, Panera's gonna want to meet Sean Avery in New York City. <laughs> oh God, he's <laughs> still alive. Oh, God. What a hero. <laughs> Literally so awesome. just just so everybody knows out there, um, the new updated offer sheet compensation is, um, w- well, for what uh, Mitch Marner is expected to sign for, um, between 8.45 and 10.568 million. Most would argue that he would be over 10.568 million. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're within the 8.4 to 10.5 range, you're giving up two first round picks, a second and a third. Yeah. And then if you're going over 10.5, you're giving up four first round picks. So we had this kind of debate um, earlier about, about Marner specifically. <laughs> um, yeah. And you daydreamed for about 20 minutes yeah. that he's going to Calgary. I didn't know. I, I didn't, I wasn't saying I was using Calgary as an example. I'm just saying any team, any sure. team, should sure. want to give four first round picks for a player like Mitch Marner. I don't think he's worth four first round That's picks. That's what I was you saying. You think a pretty solid fucking team to be like, okay, we won't worry for the next four years. We'll never be a bad enough team that all those picks won't just add up to like a better player. Like, mm-hmm. could you imagine four players that are getting around 50 points or like a right handed D that can shut down plus like two 50 point players? But I feel like that like, was is, the worst thing in the world. Like to get four players who are putting up fifty points each, I think yeah, that's a little yeah. too like, uh, like unrealistic in my opinion. Maybe like of, of the four, maybe one. Uh, if you're, I feel like if you're lucky, uh, with just how it goes in the NHL, with like you know, all picks don't work. Sometimes mm-hmm. you know, you got to It's like it's always a gamble, and it's mm-hmm. always you never know what you're gonna get. It's like picking out of a hat. Sometimes you know, obviously with the first, you know, like. The first two picks of the draft, obviously, you know what you're going to get. But even then, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't go as well. But uh, yeah, I, man, it's I risky. Feel, it's just you never know if you could end up like been, Ottawa I feel like or something. If he stays in Toronto with what his peers are making. Like, look at freaking Tavares. You know, yeah. putting up you know just as many points, and you know, for him not to get as equal to someone like Tavares, like over ten million. Uh, there I could, you know, justify him getting, but like, I feel like if he's going to a newer team, like if he's going to get an offer sheet, it's got to be at least like, I would say around nine, in my opinion, like nine, uh, if you want to like push it a little bit, just make it a little bit more like tasty, I guess, uh, put it towards the 10. But, uh, to me, it would be like what he said in that, in that range, the, like the April 4th to the ten. I would put it towards nine there. If, but if he's going to stay in Toronto, the only way I could see him want it, like 
gonna resign or stay is that he gets like equal compensation of his peers that are making more than him right now. Yeah, if he was, and they're not if he was offered better. If he was offered nine and signed it, Toronto would definitely match that. They'd be thankful <laughs> to yeah. match that at nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Yeah, so. see, that's the thing is that the player also, with all this said, the player needs to agree to it. Yes. Whether Marner would like to leave or not is it is a different story. He has said that he wants to stay because he's a Toronto boy. Um, yeah. We know how that worked out for them last time. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, or the, we we know how anyway. Sorry, know we know how that worked out the last time somebody said that um, <laughs> that we wanted to stay with the team. But anyway, Kim gets it, man. She she gets me. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. You're Don't you're giving it, up. You're it. giving up four chances to get a player like Mitch Marner so that you can get a player like Mitch Marner. That's essentially how I see it um, by giving up four first round picks. The kid's like he's not old. He's yeah. only like what twenty two. Yeah. So even after four years, he's going to be 26. So what? He's in the prime of his career. Another reason what have you given up? Another reason I want him, you know, I was talking about Barzell and Everly. How about Barzell and Mitch Marner? Oh. <laughs> because Ooh. I was, so I brought my, one of my friends, when I met him in New York City, uh, he was doing the signing. So my friend was an Islanders and Maple Leafs fan, believe it or not. She makes me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she had a Mitch Marner case on her phone. I, I told wow. her to take it off, but she, she forgot. So she was taking the photo with him, and he goes to her, "Is that Mitch Marner?" She was like, "Oh, she's like, I'm sorry, I love you too." <laughs> and he goes, "No, it's okay. I'm like really good friends with him. We're like almost best friends. I love him. I talk to him all the time." And so when we're talking about bringing Marner here. You know, like you know how well you know Bo and Barzy get along. You know, mm-hmm. you bring Mitch Marner, who's apparently really, really good friends with Matt Barzell. The chemistry that can occur there on lines. You know, we yeah. see what happens. You know, Barzell's a play guy. Mitch Marner, somewhat in that retrospect, but he can score goals. Mitch Marner can score hella goals. Put them together, I feel like it could be it could be a hell of a line. Yeah, yeah, that would be that'd be quite the line. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see what um, what Lou does. See, that's the other uh, thing. The Lou is and, yeah. Lou is an old old fashioned guy. I I really don't see him throwing an offer sheet out. That's that's what I've been hearing too. Yeah. It's just like it's up in the air. Like I've heard, yes, he's going to do it. You know, we <laughs> need that forward. You know, he also has apologized for him. I I found this so funny. Because he was apologizing for not making a move at the trade deadline. And I'm like, I'm not even upset about that. (laughs) He was apologizing to the fans for not making a move. So maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe he's going to do something to hopefully, like, make it up to the fans? Make it up to the team? I don't know. Maybe that Mm -hmm. would be his way of doing that. Or maybe, you know, he is a very traditional guy. He's got his, uh, you know, strict system. I have a friend who works, you know, I'm not going to say names, of course, uh, <laughs> Islanders organization who works uh, under like the Lou regime, I'm going to call it. And he says how strict it is. How, you know, everything has to be to a T. Right, right now, some type of algorithm just like clued in on what's going on is recording this conversation. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It might be listening. Out, you know why? <laughs> Fine. I do have, you know. He's find that girl, girl last name and find her friends. <laughs> they cut off the internet. Just <laughs> oh. Okay, so um yeah, do you guys have anything else to to add about free agents? No. No oh, man. I think I'm okay. through it. But uh yeah. there's a lot of free agents of a lot of different teams. Yeah. Especially yeah, there uh, is. You know, Jumbo isn't uh, isn't like Jumbo Joe and Carlson going to be free agents from the Sharks? Yeah, Jumbo Carlson will be Jumbo. Jumbo Jumbo only yeah. signs one year contracts these days. Yeah, well, it, you know, like where he is in his age, I understand kind of why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so who do you think is going to win the uh, Western Conference Final? Uh, I was gonna ah. <laughs> <laughs> the Raps are going to Who do I want? I'm going to put it up there. St. Louis. Nice. I am going for the Blues. Um, Yes. Personally, uh, when the Sharks 
you know, come up. They're definitely a scary team uh, all around. Like, when they start playing, they're definitely a scary team. But the people like Blues are just resilient. They're always in the game. They're always, you know, when every time I see them, you know, even when they were losing to the Sharks that game, look how they came back. They came back from a big deficit, and they are just always pushing. They're always fighting. And that's something I feel like a Stanley Cup team should have and should play like. They're always fighting. They're always on top of their game. They're always, you know, never giving up. And, you know, the only thing that can take them down is the officials. (laughs) (laughs) Should we get into that? (laughs) Yes, we could. Yeah, I'm excited. Tee off. Who wants to go? (laughs) All right, who's up, Johnny? You up, boy? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not. uh, Maybe some hard up, buddy. I don't know. I don't know what to. I I don't. I don't know where to go with this. Like, I just. (laughs) It's just. It's so. It's so frustrating because I like. I think about it, and I think about um, what's been happening these playoffs, and. Then I, I I'm I'm excited that San Jose is like winning these games and like tech like if you look at it the technicalities of the rules it's it's being officiated in the right way but also it's just it's so clear how broken the the game is right now and it's like I think about as a fan if I if I were to put myself in like either San Jose's shoes as a San Jose fan I I feel bad for winning that way it, like with regard to the, to the hand pass. And I would feel and I would feel terrible as a St. Louis fan for losing that way. Like it's it's a mm-hmm. shitty it's a shitty situation because they didn't think through the rules properly, and it's the whole thing's just fucked up. And I I don't want like I don't want to I don't want Montreal to do well and then make it to the playoffs and then lose or win in that way because then I'll feel shitty about the whole experience. Yeah, like uh, I was saying this on Twitter too, like. Uh, with that series and everything's going on, like Sharks fans are upset, like that they, I, I like some were upset they were felt like they were being attacked. I'm like, no, 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 mm-hmm. I'm not mad at the Sharks there. I'm not, you know, uh, I'm like, I'm really upset for the Blues. Obviously, they're the ones I got screwed over, but I'm not mad and at the, the Sharks and the Knights. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love their Twitter is so freaking hilarious. Did you see what they tweeted after that? They were like, I feel you, buddy, and they tagged the Blues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, like we're not mad at the sharks there. Really, the the biggest uh enemy of the playoffs has been the officials from that round one. Every single series that you can look at has just been poorly officiated. You know, the biggest statement for me is that every series you looked at, how many uh was it eight refs? Two two different games, eight uh combined refs have not disallowed from uh doing playoffs. Yeah, just like. Uh, like that's gotta say something like how many times and it's uh, i put online i've been saying it's been putting forward a president of violence you know it, but gary bettman has been the biggest advocate this uh series i don't know how much he means into it of you know making it a safer game right now the playoffs have been uh, like a bloodbath from every single series standpoint the slew foots from the toronto boston series um just the cross checks and the punches to the head that we've been seeing with even with carolina and boston um the cross checks i know especially with the penguins islander series the cross checks the behind the play checks that were happening the things that were just like getting uh that are happening the like the players that are getting hurt because of these illegal checks behind the play, uh, Marshan hitting a guy in the back of the head behind the play, just showing <laughs> how incompetent the refs, uh, you know, are at these points. And then it becomes to where these game-changing, of like goals, with the Islanders Carolina series, that goal that they disallowed, and then again, that same official called the same thing. In the Carolina Boston series against Boston, same official, same exact call, same incompetence. I don't get how that can happen again. You know, one time's a mistake. You know, everyone makes mistakes, even officials, and that happens. Once is a mistake. Tw- when you have mistakes that pile on top of each other, that becomes a problem. And I think it's too late for these playoff series that are happening right now, I think it's too late. I think this is just has to write out as it is because there's, I don't know what else you can do, but this is something that needs to be fixed in the off season. These officials need to be sat down and just be re-educated on the game. <laughs> show them their replays, show them their, their replays of what they missed, show them what they're missing. I don't get how you can have four officials watch someone swat 
a freaking puck out of the air to the to their other player and not call it a hand pass. You have four people, four minds, and four people miss that on all different angles. I don't get how that's possible. But something needs to be fixed. Uh, also, the rule book because I feel like if when you have OT goals like that that change a series, change the game, they can they change everything around. The Islanders would have won our first game of the series had that goal been allowed because it should have been allowed. These are like series changing goals that can happen, and I feel like things like that need to be changed especially overtime goals if it's under suspicious circumstances or at least if it's an overtime goal because how important those goals are they should always be reviewed i don't get how something like that where you call the you call the penalty right away or if it's uh just a non-reviewable hand i don't get how those (laughs) ot goals like that just are non-reviewable and they need to be reviewed they change series they're changing the game and they're making it unenjoyable for the fans who are watching (laughs) <laughs> oh, I needed to get that out. How do you really feel about it? <laughs> no, that was great. That was great. Excellent points, Kim. And like you said, that tweet that you sent out was just was on the money. It was so poignant. We aren't Sharks fans. We aren't trying to attack you. We're not mad. I am. Um, no. I'm just. But I'm just guys. Still person, so that's why. You know, things happen in the playoffs. I know he was just trying to swat the puck down. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, hand passes are sometimes the result of an accident. And I think that was just an accident. You know, it went off the defenseman's leg to his teammate, but obviously that's still a hand pass. But you know, things like that. You know, it's it wasn't really the Sharks' fault. You know, obviously, you know, they just he just wanted to get the puck down on the ice to obviously get another scoring chance. I, you know, I just feel bad. You know, there's Sharks fans who, you know, I know I would feel bad too if that's how we won. You know, that's not the way you want to win. And mm-hmm. I, even if they took it back, you know, even as a fan, I'd be like, you know, it was a hand pass. You know, all right, let's just continue overtime. You know, it sucks, but you know, I, like I wouldn't want to win in that way. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. Three ways towards them now. It's so there's frustrating. Like series that. where there's like big balls that help them. Yeah, it's so frustrating yeah. that it's very clear to everyone involved uh, that watched it on the replay that it's a hand pass. It should have been called back, but the fact that the rules didn't allow them to, the fact that it wasn't a reviewable play, is complete That's bullshit. Thing that, exactly. Yeah. Another thing that needs to be changed. I really want to change that, especially with overtime goals. Just every single overtime goal should just be reviewed, just in case. Yeah. 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 yeah it should also be a case by case basis. Because, like, not everything has the same weight, right? And it is- the best solution I've heard was that they have a separate official that is above the ice, that is just watching yes. everything. So anything that is, like, super egregious yes. like that or yeah. a penalty that could change the game, like the five-minute major, they just, you know, call the guy down below and say, yeah, tell the ref that he needs to come look at this. And then they yeah. can look at the replay and change their mind if, if they want. Other sports have video review judges that, like, come in and like they just the role is just to watch to make sure that nothing's missed that really should be what's like should be happening because like you know there's bad plays during the season but my god i've never seen a more poorly officialed playoff series in my life Mm -hmm. i've never seen i've never seen a postseason officiated this badly that you have eight refs that are basically out of the job right now because of everything that's been happening on all these series yeah, and you got the NHL apologizing. Oh. No, nope. just flat nope. out saying they're Sorry. not. They're not apologizing. <laughs> they're acknowledging that it happened. They're not apologizing. They apologize to the Knights. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, they haven't. The league hasn't uh, acknowledged that. The but apparently the league called the owner of the Knights, and then the owner told the news that. So that's how we believe oh, that okay. they did it but there's no official league like wide apology but stand the fuck up go to the mic and say you know what? i understand your concerns i understand this is what's been happening in these playoff series and be like we're gonna take responsibility we're sorry and this is going to change that's all we want to hear yeah. i don't get why that's so hard it's probably something to do with legalities. They don't want to get sued, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> because that's like that's like legality stuff 101. Don't admit to anything. <laughs> don't admit fault. Um, but yeah, so like San Jose... Mentality. Nobody talks about Fight Club. We don't talk about it. It doesn't happen. But behind the scenes, they just fix it. Yeah, there's that too, I guess. But uh, yeah, like Sharks fans... 
please understand that we're not attacking you. No. We don't want to take um, anything away from the team because this is a good team. Uh, it obviously takes skill and good players to take advantage of these opportunities. And, and, and any team who's given these opportunities would be wise to, to capitalize on them. And mm-hmm. that's what the, the Sharks are doing. Head coach Pete DeBoer says that it's disrespectful to call, um, to say that San Jose is where they are because of luck. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I agree with that. But, you know, they still had to win games on top of the one that, you know, you get. But I get exactly. That, but it still sucks because that one game, it's just, it's it means so much in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Every game yeah. means so much. Yeah. So. So yeah, so that's that's it. Don't get too upset about it, Sharks fans, because we we understand how you feel. We're not trying to attack you. Uh, you guys have a good team. We all love Jumbo. We all love Pavelski. How can um, we not love them? That beard, though. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, exactly. I really, yeah. I really want to see a San Jose Boston final. Like I'm, I'm pulling for San Jose. So you both no blues. <laughs> That's that's the fun thing about the West. It's just like, you know, both teams, whether they make it through or not, like, I'd be excited to see both teams in the finals. You know, they're both teams who have never won a cup before and who I'd be excited to see in the finals and hopefully to win. Either way, to be honest, I'm kind of going to be pulling for the West in the finals uh, either way that it goes. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, are you? Yeah. Believe it or not. (laughs) You know, I you know, I'm a closeted uh, Boston fan just because, you know, I grew up with my cousins being Boston fans. And so, it kind of, you know, it's just growing up with the team. But um, as much as I love the Boston Bruins, they've raised their cups. They've gotten their rings recently. <laughs> let it, let another team, you know, have their first. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I would down to see either San Jose or St. Louis lift the cup this year. That would be a good year to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, neither team has won before, um, so it would be great to see Thanks. San Jose finally win Jumbo one. Reti- Jumbo retire on top. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Oh, that would um, be a great finish for them. That would. Yeah, and then for St. Louis, it would be an amazing story, storybook ending yeah. uh, to just cap off an amazing turnaround season. Especially since, you know, with uh, the St. Louis Blues, they just finally got that – um goaltending in order you know, <laughs> yeah uh that was the biggest problem to them it was the goaltending and you know you got someone like Bennington just stepping up like that you know just being such a great netminder for them uh he won game four for them yeah he's straight he, up he oh, yeah. straight up like so uh, he's really uh, <laughs> he's he looked like a con Smythe winner right there but, mm. <laughs> uh he, they finally got that in the back and so they and they got those guys like Tarasenko who could just get those pucks in the net and then you finally get the back end secured it's like to me that's why I'm really rooting for the blues it's like they finally got the pieces of the puzzle together after 57 years <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like let's go let's do it while we can <laughs> yeah yeah, Dougie Armstrong really did a good job rounding out that team. Really um, as much as I shit on Tyler Bozak, uh, <laughs> he's an excellent third line center. Um, he just makes way too much money to be a I re- third line I center. Remember, can you say that again? Can you say that again? Yeah. What about Tyler no. Bozak? What about him in third line center? <laughs> he's. I think you heard that about his contract. Talked too much. <laughs> yeah, his contract is ridiculous <laughs> for being a third line center for what he is. Anyway, we'll move on. <laughs> from knowing Garcinol contracts, I, I have to agree there. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bozak, yeah, I, I there agree. Bozak is way too much. Yeah, way too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's, anyway, Dougie Armstrong did a good job. I remember talking about St. Louis when they were in last place, and just like, all of us were just so confused because they had every, they had yeah. all the pieces, and it like, on paper, it just, it made sense, and we couldn't figure out what was going wrong. <laughs> But uh, telling that back mm-hmm. that goaltending that that was the biggest problem to me. Yeah, and that was their yeah. crutch is that defense, and I definitely know that being scored on, like you know, being the most scored on the league. I definitely know how you know much that back end, just that goaltending, just means. You know, as much as I loved Halak and you know Grice, they just didn't have their best moments. They weren't like up to the attitude where I feel like Leonard is now, and it's like, and obviously the defense doesn't help when you're getting fifty shots per game, <laughs> but. 
like I definitely know, like just getting that secure netminder there, where you know you have that starting goaltender, like in Bainington, and that just brings more confidence to the defense. I feel like. Hmm. And w- the the thing that um, that impresses me the most about Jordan Bennington is that he'll have a bad game. And then he'll come right back out mm-hmm. the next game and just shut it down. Like the amount of poise um, in this young man is incredible. Nothing phases him. Uh, he's a little bit of an oddball. Um, <laughs> if you like hear like, interviews with him. The net? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's a bit of an oddball. Like he'll, people will ask him questions. Um, yeah. So like they'll, they'll be like, uh, and a, a reporter will be like, so um, what did you think? uh won you guys the game. What did you think of your play in the game? And he'd be like, oh, well, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, what what did you think about the game? <laughs> what do you think? What do you think I did right? Like, he'll, like, flip it around. And, um, I love that. It's just, yeah, it's great. Like, we want to talk about showing personality. Um, Even with Mark. This kid is going to be a stud. That funny. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we all want uh, we all want players like, uh, like Peter Andrew <laughs> in the back there. <laughs> I don't know if you saw that uh, Don Cherry thing on Hockey Night in Canada, Kim, but he uh, he was trying to to say Petrangelo. Oh no, I didn't but, see this. Uh, he's like, yeah, he's he talking about how great oh, Peter <laughs> Petrangelo was, and he's like, "Give me a guy like that, Peter Angelo." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, give me a guy like Peter Angelo is a good Canadian boy. <laughs> Oh, man. oh, I lost it when I heard that. Hilarious. You think he's hypnotizing himself in the mirror with all his fun patterns? <laughs> Probably. He's so smart at this oh point. <laughs> yeah. Love him, but oh my! God. I hope he comes back next year. <laughs> just kind of, just see his decline get worse and worse. I I don't know if you've ever heard Butch Goring for us. Uh, you know, like when he's uh well, he's calling guys in the ice and just butchering names. Huh, Butch. No. <laughs> but uh, oh no, Butch Goring. Uh, I love watching him announce our guys. Like he will screw up names all the time. Like oh my god, just the the amount of times he's just messed up names is just hilarious. <laughs> I like I. I, you know, I know I it just blanked on like the things he said this season. There's too many to count, to be honest. If you, like, you know, our Twitter account uh, for the Islanders, the Yes SUV. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, okay, so like in the Barclay Center, we have the car. Someone made a Twitter account for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's called Yes SUV. Yes. Uh-huh. And he, he's great at making the replays of uh, Butch Goring, like messing up names. <laughs> And, oh, we'll have to look at that. Oh my god, it's just I I gotta look up if I find any videos. Like I'll send it to you guys. But of the amount of times he's messed, he's messed up Matthew Barzell's name a bunch. <laughs> he's messed up Matthew Barzell's <laughs> name a bunch. Uh, just the it's just like it reminds me sometimes of like when Don Cherry does that. But obviously, uh, in my opinion, Butch Gorey has a lot more respect. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Butchie is it's amazing and the one thing that Butchie always says that always makes me laugh is he, every time you get like that uh, upper corner like goal uh, up in the corners he's like it's a toy department it's a toy department <laughs> I've heard that yeah <laughs> and when I met him I met Butch Goring I, I just shook his hand I went never stop saying toy department please <laughs> I was like please that is the best thing I've ever heard in my life and I am so glad you say it <laughs> <laughs> got a big kick out of that. <laughs> I, you know, I know all the things he said wrong, and I just I'm blanking now of the names that he's butchered. <laughs> I'm blanking now. Uh, oh, that's making me crazy. That's okay. <laughs> uh, Angela, I'm. Oh my god, Peter Angela. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm still laughing. At that. <laughs> it was. Oh, it was just so funny too because it was like the conviction that yeah. he said it with too. <laughs> Give me a dollar, Peter Angelo. It was, it was actually the first time in like I feel like weeks he's actually made a, like a really great point, and he what like the whole episode he's, he gets like five to seven minutes yeah. like each night, and the whole episode we, like yeah. all of the points that he made were like tactful and like it made sense, and then he just finishes it off with that, and I just lost it. <laughs> yeah, because he was he was making a point he was making a point about um, not wanting players who don't show emotion on his team. 
Um, he wants guys who are passionate and uh, will like get angry if uh, if something isn't being done right. Don Cherry. Um, yeah, Don Cherry said that. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I don't want, I don't want any of these. Oh, I don't, uh, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other kind of players. Get me a guy like Peter Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of like hypocritical thing to say. I don't want guys who don't show emotion gets angry when the Carolina Hurricanes show emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just that that's funny to me. There's, a, there's emotion, know. and yeah. then there's being a jerk. I think in his mind. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, it's also being flashy and having fun, and you know, you, you still got to look good with some crazy fucking suits, right? <laughs> 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 oh, okay i guess we'll get off the don cherry hate train here yeah. um okay let's end the podcast with our predictions of cup champions this year Ooh. Oh. Oh. who wants to start i mean oh, boy. sterling um i'm just gonna go off the board and say san jose even though i don't know if they have the you biggest know, chance. i think they're way too injured but, uh, man, at this point but yeah what? And I'm pretty yeah, sure Marshan would just hack Carlson's yeah. legs all the time when he's out there. This is what we think on. or what we want? This is what I want. What I think is Boston. I'll just tell you that. Yeah, what I think is Boston, too. Okay. But what I want is San Jose. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because isn't Carlson injured? He only played six minutes the other day or something. And yeah, watching him, he's, he's got a grind. He's got a grind, grind pull. Oh, boy. He's had it all playoffs. He's had it yeah. all playoffs. Yeah, I heard that. After just going through a groin pull, I like I definitely sympathize with what he's going <laughs> I can't I don't understand how he can play with that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean Clutterbuck, Clutterbuck high level athlete. Played, uh, Clutterbuck played with like uh like two ruptured discs and things like that in his back and he's he still like went out there and played. So if he could yeah, I think Carlson can play with a groin injury. Yeah, it's just limiting on on your how, how much you can actually skate yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's especially being the defender and you know getting those guys up and he's definitely like an exactly. offensive defender so it's like you really want mm-hmm. to have his skates on yeah. yeah you can see it he's not playing like like eric carlson he doesn't skate back as as hard as he can because he can't yeah that's that's because like his biggest thing is his skating that's kind of why he's able to be that offensive threat yeah. is because he can be in the zone and get back as well. But yeah, I, um, I want blues. I think Boston just, <laughs> and I'm with Grant, I want blues, but think Boston. Yeah. Oh, two and two. But, uh, the Boston Bruins are your 2019 Stanley cup champions. <laughs> I, and just so you know, Kim, I said that I wanted to collect all the Stanley or all the hockey team hats. And I said, okay, I'll buy whoever wins the Stanley Cup every year. I'll buy their hat. All right. And so I might have to buy Boston's hat this year. Oh. <laughs> I guess you didn't make that a few years ago when they won it. No, I just did this a couple years ago. Okay, gotcha. Especially as a Vancouver fan. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and a Leafs fan. Oh. Yeah. At least you're not a Montreal fan. Oh, hey. <laughs> That was uncalled for. <laughs> people, for sure. That was uncalled for. Sorry, spreading the love. <laughs> well, I think we should end it there. Great episode, guys. But yeah. If I'm just going to end you off on anything, I think for the Islanders at least, I'm going to say this. For the Islanders, this was a season no one expected, uh, especially me, uh, to be predicted dead last and to end up second in the Metropolitan, 103 points, second round in the playoffs. Um, I think no Islanders fan should hang their heads in shame. I think we should all heads up, smiles on our faces, and just appreciate the year that we were blessed with, um, that we finally have gotten in 20 plus years. Um, with uh, Trotz, Lane Lambert, Pierre Greco, Mitch Korn, Lou Lamorello, Robin Leonard, all these amazing players that have just come into our organization have turned it around. Just so much thank you. So many thank yous from an Islanders fan who have just seen the best um, season of her life. And, um, yeah, I'm pretty happy. We're looking forward to it. What a great way to end the, end the podcast. Um, why don't you tell everybody your Twitter and your Periscope so that they can jump out there and support you as well? All right. My Twitter is <coughs> as a <coughs> <laughs> cough, cough. 
That's her Twitter, guys. You okay there? No, sick. <laughs> Woo! Oh, no. You do it for me, please, because I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> so we can follow Kim Moisa at IslesGirl3 on Twitter. And um, your Periscope, there's a link on there as well, I believe. Yeah, I just on your Monday um... nights, 10 p.m. Woo, sorry. <laughs> I'm dying. I got a head cold and I'm trying to kick it out right now, but we're kicking. We're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so check out Kim's Periscope. She records Sunday nights at 10 p.m. Yeah, Sunday night. At Eastern Standard Time. So. Uh, if you want aisles and anything else, we obviously know how knowledgeable Kim is with, with hockey, and that's why we love having her on the podcast. Thank you, guys. Give her a follow on Twitter. Give us a follow on Twitter at HFHD Podcast. You can also find our other episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, give us a share, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, along with, with at IslesGirl3 at tw- on Twitter. And uh, head on over to overtimeheroics.com slash forums and uh, register for an account. It's free. You can talk all the sports you want, not just hockey. And we're looking forward to seeing you out there. We'll end it there, I think. What a great episode. Thank you. Thanks again. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much again, Kim, for, for coming back on. We love having you on. And- in sickness and in health, I will be talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have you on again soon. I'm so happy to come back on. Lovely. Thanks so much. Yeah, totally. Thank you. All right, everybody. We'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.